the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know it's Monday, and we're getting busy with lots of things. Oh, I was talking about first first day of spring, and things are exciting, and they are new. And that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that we are, with all of the turmoil that is going on, the concern that we've got about Ukraine, and we should be concerned. We should be concerned about Putin and him not finding uh, any sort of way out. I think that's a that's a scary a scary notion um, that. Uh, he might be defeated, and what does that mean? Or he might sense that he's defeated, or it's a stalemate. The stalemate that might be going on over there could affect all of us. What do you do? Um, we may talk about that in just a few minutes, but uh, I wanted to really get into the the speech thing, and uh, I hope that it's a good day for you. It's a Monday for me. Uh, you know how Mondays are just they're just like that, and it's not always a Monday. It can happen any day, but we feel like Mondays when things go wrong. We say, ah, oh, it's just a Monday. If you ever feel like that, there's a great song by B.B. King. It's called Stormy Monday, and the lyric is, uh, you know, Monday's bad, but Tuesday's just as bad. It's hilarious. Uh, great old song. 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. I got up an hour early today for no particular reason. We got a puppy. Can I share that personal news with you? We got a, a puppy. Once I got up, I couldn't sneak, you know, uh, back into bed. I The puppy was up. Uh, we named the puppy Winston. Uh, we have a puppy named Winston, as in Churchill. Um, that's maybe not what my family thinks of it, but that's what I, I can't get past the the whole <laughs> the whole Winston Churchill thing. And I've got a puppy named Winston, um, and and I like that. You know, the family's not too happy with Winston's drinking and smoking, but uh, you know he's a good leader when you need him. Uh, the dog's not drinking and smoking. Uh, that was a Winston Churchill issue. Got up an hour early, had puppy problems, had to deal with that. Then I had pro- plumbing problems. And then I'm making homemade carnitas, which I'm very excited about. And I went out late last night for some ingredients, and I forgot to buy limes. Like one of the most important ingredients in the carnitas is the limes. And I got up this morning. I do not have time to go back to the store. What am I going to do? Do I do more orange juice or what? And I searched around in the fridge, and I found a little container of some lime juice, and I really don't know how long that's been in there. But it said it expired in October. Can I still use it? Can I still use the lime juice? Well, I did. So we're going to see. We're going to see what that's like. Um, And uh, hopefully I'll still be with you tomorrow after I have my carnitas. Otherwise, you know, know, we'll just have a life lesson about uh, carnitas. All right, free speech. Do you do you feel like there America has a free speech problem? Do you feel like uh, you're able to say the things that you want to say? You can call me and join the conversation, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Uh, Keisha, Keisha, am I saying your name right in L.A.? Keisha? Keisha. Hello? Keisha? Hello? Yeah. Hi, is it Keisha? It's Keisha with the K. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Keisha. Welcome to Southern California Live. How are you? Hi. Thank you. Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, uh, free speech. How are you feeling about it? Um, I'm feeling like um, it's being shut down. Ah. Okay. Um, I work in law enforcement. Okay. And so, um, 
when Trump was uh, president, um, there was a lot of Trump bashing. And um, I actually voted for Trump. Um, and, you know, people aren't perfect. I mean, I didn't agree with everything that he stood for, but because I'm a Christian, a lot of the things that um, he stood for relating to different policies, yeah. you know, I, I, um, I embrace those things, but I wouldn't dare say that in my workplace. In I work, work in, I think I, I don't know if I said I work in law enforcement. Yeah, you so said you work in law I, enforcement. Do you feel yeah, like so in your, I, in, I, do you feel like um, a lot of your coworkers, people in law enforcement feel the same way that they can no longer speak freely? You know, I don't know because a lot of them speak really freely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, they, most of them agree on what they speak on. And I don't, I know that if I spoke my opinion, that that wouldn't go, you know, that that, that would probably create some tension and I yeah. would probably be looked at a certain way. And I just don't want to go down that road. Do you feel like it would harm you professionally? Like, would it have that kind of an impact on you? Like maybe you'd lose your job or not get a promotion, get demoted? Um, no. I work for okay. the city of Los Angeles, so I don't, I don't really think that they can't really do that. Not, not to say that somebody yeah. would probably try, but I, I see what you're saying. Um, no, I don't, I don't feel that, um, that that would take place, but I'm, I think two, three, four times before I open up my mouth, <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, to to say something that I know most people don't agree with. Yeah. All right. I understand that. Uh, Keisha, thank you for calling and for listening to SoCal Live. Uh, appreciate You're that. Welcome. Pat. Yeah. Pat from Whittier. Welcome to SoCal Live. Yes. Hi. How you doing, Pat? I've been uh, practicing my freedom of speech. I post my little signs on the telephone pole. I am a Christian. <laughs> Uh, lately, the ideology reminds me of the emperor's new clothes. Uh-huh. He rode on a horse down the street in the nude, and everybody told him what wonderful clothes he had. America, wake up! Yeah, it's a uh, it's a strange time, but I think that uh, studies are saying that people that people actually kind of agree with each other on lots of that stuff, but we don't want to say anything. Um, and that's a, that's a change. Thank you, Pat, for your call. Michelle in Granada Hills. Hello. Hi. 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 Thanks for calling SoCal Live. Oh, yes. I'm glad to be on the line. So I am, I'm 36 years old and I feel that a few years ago, um, it was a bit different. You know, I was able to uh, speak freely about, I think mainly political. Politically, it was different for me. As a Christian, I don't feel like I have to be careful because I just kind of grew into that boldness to not be ashamed or feel um, like worried about what I have to say as a Christian. I'm careful in how I present what I'm going to say, Mm -hmm. but I do feel that today, like today, right now, definitely I do find myself especially politically and what's going on in the world, like the view of COVID and the pandemic and the vaccines. Um, For sure, definitely. I've already lost my job of 16 years because of my view or how I believe. 
Um, so what what did you was this about the vaccine? You lost your job because you didn't get the vaccine or something else? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay. Well, I'm and, sorry about um, that. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I do feel it, but at the same time, my belief is so strong that you know, my my mind was made up. So it didn't matter to me the money and nothing mattered. I was going to stick I'm sticking to what I believe till till the end, till I die. <laughs> Michelle, um, what uh, what profession were you in there? I was um, classified staff at a public high school. Okay, so you lost so your... So I uh, did office. Okay, do you have a job now? You working now? I am full-time volunteering at my church. At okay. At private school there. Oh, and you're volunteering and, um, now? Yes, yes. Okay. And wow. one of the things that comes to my mind is my husband has friends of his who we do not see on the same eye on religion or any of it, so... I find myself around this certain group of people that I do have to be careful what I say. And I'm finding myself more around hanging out with more of my friends who we all pretty much are on the same page, especially politically. It's a little bit tough, especially on social media. Like I literally, I don't even type anymore on social media because I've been attacked already just, by posting like petitions, you know, like yeah, well, social media is pretty tough. It's pretty nasty out there with all of that. Uh, Michelle, thank you for your call. I'm going to go on to the uh, next call. This is Southern California Live, and we're asking the question: uh, Have you been in a place where do you feel like your free speech is being um, where you have to hold your tongue? Do you feel like you have to hold your tongue more than you used to because of retaliation or harsh criticism? Uh, how much of a problem is this? Is this something new or is this just always? What are you thinking about that? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-LA-TALKS. You can give me a call right now. 888-528-2557. Nancy from Hawthorne. Thanks for calling. Hi. Hi, Nancy. So I want... How are you? So I want I'm to start good. off, because I know you guys have a lot of people on hold. I am born in California. I am an American citizen. My father is a Mexican. Uh, he is an immigrant, but now he's a citizen. And I was one of those people that, you know, believed the lies from the media about, you know, the President Trump. And then when I started realizing what was really happening, I started posting about it. And a lot of my Hispanic um, friends started reaching out to me, and they were harassing me. They're like, how could you betray us? My Instagram account was just deleted because just because I was posting other people's testimonies, how they were being hurt by the vaccine. So, yes, free speech, I feel like this is becoming a communist country. And if you're Hispanic, Mexican, uh, if you change your mind on anything, your political stance, they attack you. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult time, and especially on social media. Thank you for calling, Nancy. You know, it's I do think that it's changed. That even if your views are are you know way off to the left or the right, and usually you know on the right, um, you used to be able to say that stuff, and people would just sort of you know uh, disagree if that was their opinion. Um, and then there are certain things that people say that are just matters of opinion that get get flagged a lot on social media as uh, not true. You know the Babylon Bee, you know what that is? It is a 
satire, Christian satire. It's hilarious, okay? And uh, they do a lot of political stuff, and it leans conservative. The, the Onion would be a, uh, a not-Christian one that leans liberal, and both of those, uh, they can be a lot more political sometimes and barely satire. I think that that's uh, happening, and, and I think and that's another symptom of what's happening. But, you know, the Babylon Bee got banned from Twitter yesterday because they posted um, – uh, a post that Twitter flagged, and then they got shot down. Uh, they're back, I guess, but, um, you know, and there wasn't anything really wrong with what they did. It was just satire. 888-LA-TALKS is the number, 888-528-2557. One of the things that got me thinking about this, if you want to you know, give us a call and tell us what you think about uh, freedom of speech, are we losing that? Do you feel like you're in a situation where you can no longer share uh, your faith or no longer just share a political opinion, whatever that might be? Uh, where you used to have the freedom to do that, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. An op-ed by the editorial board of the New York Times, the New York Times, I'm stunned this is in the New York Times. They put out an editorial this weekend called America Has a Free Speech Problem. came out on Friday late afternoon. Maybe they put it out on Friday because they don't really want anyone to read it, but they needed to put it out there. And... It begins by saying, for all the tolerance and enlightenment that modern society claims, Americans are losing hold of a fundamental right as citizens of a free country, the right to speak their minds and voice their opinions in public without fear of being shamed or shunned. This social silencing, the depluralizing of America, has been evident for years, but dealing with it stirs yet more fear. It feels like a third rail, dangerous. For a strong nation and open society, that is dangerous." This coming from the editorial board of the New York Times, which shuts down all kinds of different things, you know, all kinds of things that they would say that they would call fake news or that they would publish fake news and they would say you shouldn't say it. Suddenly, they've come to some sort of reckoning here. And um, I'm amazed. I may go through some of this, but it got me thinking about how do you feel about it? Do we feel like this is going on for a while? Uh, I think so. Uh, and I think it's getting worse. I think it's something that we need to change. And then getting a little bit deeper into it, as believers, uh, I think it affects the way we share our faith. I think it affects us um, in that way. And I'm wondering what you think about that, too. 888 la talks is the number. Ruben from Rancho Cucamonga. Welcome to SoCal Live. How's it going? Very good, Ruben. What are your thoughts about this? Good, good, good. So the reason I'm calling is um, we belong to the neighborhood app, and first yeah. it was about security. And, and the neighborhood app, is this, hold on a second, hold on a second, is that the app that people download that's sort of like a Facebook, but it's only for your street or only your neighborhood, is that right? Yeah, only for your neighborhood, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I started, uh, you know, hey, uh, people are going through hard times, I lost my job, okay, pray for you, pray for you, and oh, hey, yeah, I'll send you a book, Christian book, Wild at Heart, and you know, just reaching out to the community and being positive, I started getting people calling me, well, not calling me, texting me privately and, and sending me messages, hey, this is not the forum for that, you shouldn't be doing that, uh-huh. you don't need none of that garbage here. And I was talking faith and trying to help people by uplifting them with scripture and quotes and, and you know, positive Jesus stuff, man. Yeah. They came after me so hard. They, they actually, they, they took my account away. Really? So people complained about that. That's amazing. I didn't know that your neighborhood, uh, I've been on there, and, uh, you know, you used to think that you lived in a neighborhood with nice, normal people until you get on that app, then you realize everybody's crazy. Yeah, and it's mostly men, um, angry dudes. 
angry dudes. And I'm like, man, I pray for you, brother. Let me send you wild at heart to get your healing going on, you know? Ah. It's just amazing how many men out there are just messed up and angry and don't want to hear with God, you know? The relationship you have with your father reflects the relationship you have with God. So I think most of these guys are pretty beat up. You know, I <laughs> think, uh, yeah. You know, Ruben, thank you for sharing that. And thanks for calling SoCal Live. You know, I think, Ruben, you just made a, a really good point and something that we want to get into. Ruben was saying that on this neighborhood app, if you've been on this app, it can be really helpful. Hey, I need to borrow a garden tool or, hey, this is going on in our neighborhood. It's kind of the modern neighborhood watch. It has a positive side to it, but it also has a real negative side to it. And people just get on there and start yelling at each other and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, and Ruben shared his faith on there and shared some things and got blasted in personal messages and public ones. But something you said right there is you wondered about the background of some of these people who were so angry with you. Maybe they had issues with their relationship with their dad and not to get pop psychology all of a sudden. But what I mean is this, when somebody is rude to us, and this is, I think, such a good, a good point when we're talking about being afraid about sharing our faith or even just sharing our opinion you know, about whatever, you know, PC or Mac. You never know how you're just going to get shouted down. When sometimes people react in such an angry way, it's great to take a pause and not respond in that angry way, but think there's something going on with you. When it's just such an unusual response, why would someone take the time to be so angry with me for something silly? What a great way to look at it. Uh, Ruben, that's, that's really appreciated. I think that's something that we should think about. In our free speech problem, it should cause us, and there's a lot of biblical weight for this. We'll get to this maybe in a little bit, but it should cause us to realize that, hey, you know what? People have stuff going on. We live in a weird time. We live in a time of tremendous fear, tremendous fear and a tremendous lack of faith and a tremendous misunderstanding of how the world operates, frankly, and that's going to cause a lot of outbursts, a lot of back and forth. Um, So good point there, Ruben. We are having a discussion here on SoCal Live about are we losing our free speech? Does America have a free speech problem? And the question is, is over the recently, have you held your tongue because you were concerned about retaliation or harsh criticism? Or have you maybe said some things about your faith or about anything where you just got felt like you just should not have gotten the response? Is it getting worse? Is it the same? And then what do we do about it? 888-528-2557. 888-LA-TALKS. That's the number. This is your Monday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. SoCal Live right here on a Monday. Scott Furrow with you today, and we're asking this question about free speech. Is America having a free speech problem? And have you been in a situation where you have had to hold your tongue because you were concerned about retaliation or harsh criticism. There was an op-ed in the New York Times that was discussing this. It's very controversial. It's not really controversial in a lot of ways. Some of it is sort of, you know, the political things that they'll put in there, but it's controversial because it's not usually something coming from the New York Times. It's controversial with people who uh, usually rely on the New York Times to sort of hold the line on things you're not allowed to say. And they're saying we have a problem. They're pointing out the problem. The old lesson of think before you speak has given way to the new lesson of speak at your peril. Uh, is that the way you feel? Give us a call, 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS. Hector from uh, Florence, thanks for calling SoCal Live. 
yeah, I definitely say yes. Uh, whenever I want to make any comments on Instagram, if it's a comment about Democrats, you cannot make anything negative. Uh, if you say that AOC is an idiot or Joe Biden, I immediately get a drop-down menu on, on Instagram that tells me that uh, be careful, you're, you're going against our community guidelines. But they don't have any problem with uh, anybody saying, uh, uh, I want to kill Donald Trump or anything like that. So it's, it's a very one-sided thing. It's kind of one-sided out there. I mean, uh, hopefully, you know, we probably shouldn't be saying anybody's an idiot, but I know what you're saying on there, right, is that even if they are an idiot, um, it's uh, it's very interesting that people aren't really sure what they're allowed to say, and then suddenly they get flagged. Now, these are private companies. They can have their rules, but they're, they function almost like utilities. Everybody's sort of on there. Thank you for calling, Hector. Uh, Howard Redondo Beach, thanks for holding so long. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The, so, anyways, uh, uh, just, just a real quick background. Uh, I was former senior producer for Malibu HD Power News for roughly seven years, and that's what I did in Malibu. And uh, so, with the censorship that's going abroad <clears throat> from uh, Facebook, Twitter, and the woke generation, it's uh, it's, it's so bad right now because the the reality of it, they don't want anybody to know the truth of what's really going on with the deep state with the globalists, the people that actually run the world. So long story short, make it shorter. That's really what's going on, and they don't want the public knowing what's going on. So a friend of mine that worked for Channel 5 and Channel 7, right, on the bottom level know what's going on. They want to keep their job, but they they, they, they got to be very careful what they say because if they do say anything, they can actually get fired. And I've done work for Channel 5 as well, for KTLA. Uh-huh. So... That's what's going on there. And in closing, uh, I got friends of mine that are doctors, and a lot of them, thousands of them, agree that the vaccines actually does create blood clots, and it's killing people. There's a lot of concern about those kinds. Howard, thank you very much. There's there's concern about all those kinds of things. And whether you agree or not or you kind of go down that road with different things where, where Howard was talking about, the deep state and vaccines, I guess the the question that I'm getting at is at what point, you know, should we be allowed to throw it out there and discuss it? Um, Some of those things, you know, I don't know that they're ultimately true or not, but some of those things that people have said, you know, a year ago, hey, that's not true, or two years ago, hey, this is not a a disease that came from Wuhan, China, and in a lab, this is something that came from a bat and a uh, wet market out there, but, and you weren't allowed to say it. And you get banned from social media and other stuff if you suggested that maybe this was a lab leak and there should be something investigated. Well, now that's actually a pretty good theory. You know, over time, things that were considered unsayable, things that were considered to be things you just can't talk about. At what point do we block speech? At what point is it important to do that? You know, we don't want people spreading things that aren't true. And we want people to say things that are grounded not just in a feeling but in facts on the ground and things like that. How do we do that? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-LA-TALKS is the phone number. New York Times op-ed, America has a free speech problem, is what it's called. And they say this. They say there's a crisis around the freedom of speech now because many people don't understand it. They were taught what it means 
They weren't taught what it means and why it matters, says Suzanne Nozzle, uh, the chief executive of PEN America, a free speech organization. Safeguards for free speech, she says, have been essential to almost all social progress in the country, from the civil rights movement to women's suffrage to current fights over racial justice and the police, as she says. They say something really interesting. And then the New York Times, and I bring this up because it's the New York Times, usually pretty left-wing editorial, pretty left-wing. They're usually pretty far to the left, all right? And they're getting a lot of flack from the left for publishing this. They wrote this, this editorial board plans to identify a wide range of threats to freedom of speech in the coming months and to offer possible solutions. Freedom of speech requires not just a commitment to openness and tolerance in the abstract. It de- demands conscientiousness about both the power of speech and its potential harms. We believe it isn't enough for Americans to just believe in the rights of others to speak freely. They should also find ways to actively support and protect those rights. I could have written that. I'm surprised that they wrote that. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, this is coming from there, but I think it's because they've done some research and probably they've gotten a lot of flack and loss of subscribers, and there's usually some sort of reason for that. Um, But they get into then the depth of it. Once again, the New York Times, they did polls and they did some research and they just discovered this. Uh, 22% of adults reported, according to their poll, that they had retaliated against or were harshly critical of someone over something that he or she said. And adults 18 to 34 years old were far more likely to have done so than older Americans. And then they said liberals were more likely to have done so than moderates or conservatives. That's what's gotten the liberals upset. Um, but I think you're going to find that is typically the problem. Now, I'm going to say that, and if you're whatever side you're on of things, you shouldn't be harsh and mean and nasty out there. And as, and as Christ followers, this is a big problem for us with our speech. You know, if, if somebody's going to not like you for your faith, make sure it's because they don't like Jesus, not because you've given them a reason to not like you. And often I'm reading these conversations online, or maybe I'm in the middle of one, and it seems like it's going pretty good, and then somebody just comes in cussing out somebody for this and that and the other thing, and it's pretty nasty, and this person's this, that, and the other and then you go to their profile and it says Jesus lover grace and all these things you go ah oh, please don't put that in your profile if you're going to be mean and nasty online we need to rise above that uh, i think one of the reasons we have a free speech problem is ultimately because we don't know uh who the lord is anymore as a as a country and we've become afraid it's very odd that our college campuses can lock down different groups of people from coming to speak when college campuses a few years ago were open to anybody saying whatever, and that was a big part of it. You wanted to learn. You wanted to be educated. You wanted to make sure that people's views could be heard, even if they're nuts, that you could filter out what doesn't make a lot of sense and then take the nuggets of it that do make some sense and get there. There's a lot of anxiety around free speech, isn't there? Uh, Do you have this anxiety? 66% of the poll quoted by the New York Times uh, agreed with the following statement. Our democracy is built on the free, open, and safe exchange of ideas, no matter how different they are. We should encourage all speech so long as it is done in a way that doesn't threaten others. And yet a full 30% agreed that while I support free speech, sometimes you have to shut down speech that is anti-democratic, bigoted, or simply untrue. Those who identified themselves as Democrats and liberals showed a higher level of support for sometimes shutting down such speech. Uh, if you're on the left of things, is that how you feel? Is Have you moved from we should be able to say anything I want to, we want to shut down what you're saying? It's a very interesting change. Uh, 
And the New York Times, they write this, the full-throated defense of free speech was once a liberal ideal. Um, And it's remarkable that the New York Times is doing this because they've been a part of it. Uh, That has been there. 888-528-2557. Larry from Woodland Hills. Welcome to SoCal Live. I just wanted to uh, to uh, comment on uh, the fact that we have uh, clear guidelines about free speech. Yeah, it's in the U.S. Constitution. Act, uh, actually, it's the First Amendment. Um, and you know, uh, these are these uh, okay. These are the just uh, restraints that keep men free. The law, and we have wonderful laws that we need to start using. Now, don't get me wrong, the 30% that, uh, that think we could censor stuff have been probably deeply indoctrinated by an education system that is primarily run by Marx and leftists. You know, Larry, I can't I can't hear you too well. I've got a bad connection, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. I think what you're talking about is is the education system and uh, how we're not well educated anymore. And, you know, I think a lot of people feel like um, there's a lot of fear even from the government or from government agencies about what you can say and what you can't say. We have to be we have to realize and be honest that that our social media, which is where a lot of this, you know, we've talked about this in this hour is there is not the government. These are private companies that we do not have to participate in. And they can shut down, I guess, what they want to because it's private companies. There's a debate about whether or not to make some social media companies utilities where there would be government involvement. And I'm wondering how that would really affect things. You uh, might suddenly have more freedom of speech, oddly enough, uh, in that way. As a Christian, you know, what do you think about this? We're living in a culture where most people agree that it's harder and harder to speak freely. And, you know, the speaking about politics and the right and left about it, it matters. It matters for our country. But let's think about it for a moment from the standpoint of proclaiming the kingdom of God. Acts 28, 31, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. That's where Acts leaves off, where they were able to speak boldly and they say without hindrance, which is interesting because there was an awful lot of government hindrance, including threats to their life, including a government-sponsored persecution, that it wasn't a theory or a concern or a worry that some group has. It really was real. It was very, very real. Um, as people who are believers in a world where maybe our, our freedom of speech is being constricted for real, how do we best proclaim the kingdom of God and have the same attitude as the apostles did, that even in this environment we can teach about the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaim the kingdom of God with boldness and without hindrance. How do we do that in a way that's effective and not obnoxious? You're listening to Southern California Live. You can join the conversation, 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS is the number. This is the Monday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live on a lovely day here in Southern California. So good to be here. First day of spring. I'm excited about it. Really excited about what the Lord is going to do this year with his church. 
And we live in a time where we are called to be bold. I think we're living in a changing time. We're talking about free speech and those rights in our country and how we feel about it. The New York Times editorial over the weekend uh, shockingly took some opinions that I think are pretty right on, actually. I'm I'm surprised, um, but glad that maybe our thinking is changing a little bit. Uh, You can join our conversation, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Wendy from Mission Viejo, thanks for calling. Hi, thank Wendy. you for taking my phone call. Um, yeah, I think hi, Wendy. I make a comment on the New York Times article that you're that you're talking about right now. And yeah. I think that there has become a really, really great divide between the left side and the right side, and it seems that now it is very true that that the right is you know kind of being silenced while the left is speaking very loudly. And I think that in his during you know the history that we've gone through, it's going to take someone from the left side to put out something like the New York Times has done to bring us back into that kind of evil even playing field where everyone is you know it's going to kind of swing back toward the middle because it has to come from the left to bring about that neutrality again as far as free speech goes. Mm-hmm. You know, Wendy, I appreciate your call. I actually uh, agree that the different things that each sides do, that the the left does or that the right does, that is hindering our our ability to have free speech or our freedom in one way or the other, it's much more likely to be corrected if that side corrects themselves. Uh, and I think maybe the New York Times is looking at this. And biblically, what I would tell you is that Jesus tells us that when he tells us to take the log out of our own eye before we can see clearly enough to take the speck out of our neighbor's eye, that this applies to our politics. It just does. When was the last time that you complained about your own side? When was the last time that if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican um, that you called or some other party that you called up your representative who you voted for, who's on your side and said, Hey, I think the way you're approaching this is not helpful because there's a lot of that on all sides. And the interesting thing is that it works. We've seen this recently in San Francisco, which is almost entirely liberal. And they removed a bunch of school board members for doing a terrible job. And they're about to remove their district attorney who I think is doing a terrible job. And San Francisco's San Franciscans think they're doing a terrible job. And in the school board election, it was only 6% Republicans voted. And so those being removed, they're saying, oh, it's just a bunch of Republicans and Trump Republicans and whatever they want to say. But it's laughable because there's only five people who are Republicans in San Francisco. Now, the problem will be, do they just replace those people with people who have the exact same opinions uh, with just a different name and face? That typically is the next problem. And I think that's true on the right. When is the last time you on the right took a look at your person who you like and said, you know what, the way you're approaching this, even if you agree, it's just not right. If you're being cruel or, or mean or uh, if, you're, if you're causing the other side to not be heard, you know, there's some things on the right where uh, people on the right in some school districts are, are yanking books that uh, might be about race or, or sex from public school libraries. Some of them um, maybe shouldn't be there because they're not very truthful or good books, but some of them are truthful and historical and should not be removed. Uh, there was a case in Virginia, for example, where some parents were objecting to a book about Jim Crow and it had a picture of a bunch of white kids holding the sign uh, asking, uh, you know, they were holding the Jim Crow-related signs and some 
uh, racist statements. And the thing is, is that book was true. That book's been there forever. There's nothing wrong with that book. It's reporting history, what really happened. They didn't like it that the white kids were smiling while they were holding these racist signs. But that's true. That needs to stay in the library. That needs to be something that we learn about. See, there's, there's people on both sides who need to address kind of what we're looking at because we want to be about truth. And the New York Times article where they got a lot of people upset on the left in part is because of this statement. They said this, in the course of their fight for tolerance, many progressives have become intolerant of those who disagree with them or express other opinions and taken on a kind of self-righteousness and and censoriousness. I guess that means to censor a new word there. That's the crossword, New York Times crossword writer who put that in there. They've taken on a a kind of self-righteousness and censoriousness that the right long displayed and the left long abhorred. It has made people uncertain about the contours of speech. Many know they shouldn't utter racist things, but they don't understand what they can say about race or what they can say to a person of a different race from theirs. Attacking people in the workplace, on campus, on social media, and elsewhere who express unpopular views from a place of of good faith is the practice of a closed society. That's a good statement right there. You know, isn't it? more complicated now to have conversation about things that we really need to have a conversation about, but everybody's afraid of saying the wrong thing. And so then no conversation happens. See, and the fact that the New York Times is saying this, the reason it's getting some traction and some play is because it's taking the log out of your own eye. Now, I don't have a lot of hope for the New York Times that they're going to become righteous and that they're going to do all the things that they say they're going to do. But I like to point it out because this paragraph could have been written by any publication on the right right? And it would have been ignored. Nobody would have cared. But here it is, New York Times. And I'm interested. I'm real curious about why uh, maybe the editorial board is under so much pressure. Maybe there's enough subscriptions that aren't happening because of some crazy things that that's that's going on. Uh, John from Irvine, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome, John. Thanks for holding. So I, I I just wanted to mention earlier you'd mentioned that um, you posed this question about what are Christians supposed to think about free speech and how are we as Christians supposed to approach that. And and I thought about it as, you know, I want to be an ambassador for Christ first and not an ambassador for a particular political view or, or a particular economic view. Now, those are important, but what I want to be known for among my coworkers, because they don't necessarily know what's most important in my life, except for the things I'm talking about most. And I find a lot of, in in the Church, maybe people are a little afraid to talk about Christ, but not so afraid to talk about their political views, economic views, or or what have you. So I guess that's that's the thing I think we need to wrestle with, is on what tier are we putting these other views next to, or subservient to, our view of Christ? Do you think that we are more interested sometimes in speaking about our political views because we just know those better than our own religious views, or maybe because we're more passionate about our political views than we are about Christ? What do you think? I, I think it's a hard issue. I think there are some mm-hmm. people who are more passionate about their political views and economic views than they are about their relationship with Christ, and that would be something that they need, maybe need to look in the mirror and pray about, because yeah. um, it's easier for them to talk about, you know? And and for me, it's like the person, I, the coworker I have, family member, the friend I have. I I want to be known first and foremost as this guy loves Jesus, and that's yep. that's who he's about. 
And yeah, he has other political reasons and, and whatever, but that's, that's the main thing I think we're supposed to be known as, as uh, followers of Christ. Yeah. John, great call. Thank you very much for uh, sharing uh, your thoughts here. And uh, friends, I see we have other calls. We, we won't get to them. I've got to be done here in just a minute. But I want to end on, on John's thought there because I think he's right. You know, something if I could encourage you in your speech as a believer when you think about it is this. Uh, nobody gets saved because they have the right opinion about COVID-19. Nobody is saved because their opinion is correct about masks, about the vaccine, about uh, Supreme Court justices, about the war in Ukraine, those kinds of things. You know, Jesus, I don't think he's going to ask you about that when you stand before him. I don't think he's going to ask a thing about that stuff. There is a right and wrong, and I suppose Jesus could come to our church and he could sit on the stage and he could answer all of our questions. Do masks work or not? Is the vaccine good or bad? All of those things. And you know what? He would have the ontologically correct, 100% true answer to all of that. And then I think he might say, and everybody you know who I put in your life for you to make disciples of, for you to love in the name of me, they're still going to hell just because they have the right view or just because you have the right view if they don't know me. And that's, that's pretty harsh, right? But I think that's the reality for us as believers is that when we think about our faith and we think about our speech, are you more passionate about Jesus or more passionate about a point of view about something going on in society? We all got issues and we got to live with what's going on in society. We're society. We're affected by that. We feel it. It's sometimes more tangible. But if I could encourage you, uh, God and the things about Christ matter the most. And the person who you work with, it doesn't matter at the end of the day if they agree or disagree with you about politics or about something going on socially. It matters greatly about whether or not you represented Christ faithfully. And this is where we need to focus on our boldness. Now, there are things in our society, I'm one of those people who tell you you need to go to the school boards, you need to get involved in the schools and do all those things. But in the context of that, are you speaking well of people or are you calling them names? And if you are completely right about some issue, are you addressing people with respect or are you being just like the other side and being disrespectful? See, it matters with, from the standpoint of our faith. It matters from who we are and what we're trying to communicate in the big picture. And at the end of the day, you know, if people are following Jesus, if more people are seeking out the Lord and they're seeking out the truth, the social issues of our day are going to get better and people will come to the right conclusion and we'll have more freedom of speech because we're going to treat each other better and it's going to feel like we can share things that even though they might be wrong or controversial, we can get them out there and we can debate them. My friends, follow the Lord in your speech online and everywhere else. I got to be done here in just a couple of seconds. Thank you for being a part of our show today, SoCal Live. Go to kkla.com for the podcast and for a lot more information about how you can connect with other listeners in the KKLA family. God bless you. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back with you on Wednesday. See you then. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.